What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, July 7th, and we have some clarity as to what the remainder of this hockey season will look like. Everybody rejoice. The sounds you hear are the continuous sounds of angels riding a Zamboni and singing the Hallelujah Chorus as the frozen biscuit is passed around the ice. I don't know where exactly I got that vision from, but it sounds great, and we're going to run with it. And if you like it, run with it too. Welcome back, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I do appreciate you stopping by for a little bit later of an upload. Uh, Couldn't get one out yesterday because we were running some errands that involved a quick trip to California, but alas, we are back to discuss the big news of the day, that being the NHL and the NHL Players Association have tentatively agreed to a memorandum of understanding that is expected to be finalized and ratified with a vote later this week on a return-to-play plan that should be going into effect at some point starting next Monday with training camp, and we will talk about that in just a little bit, but for, but before we do, usual housekeeping items out of the way first. You guys know what the deal is now, especially to those of you who have not listened to this podcast before and have stumbled upon it for the very first time. I do welcome you, as this is a daily podcast, talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. It is more than likely on there, but those are the main four that you can find it on. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you like sending emails, LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com is the place to do that. So the news broke a little bit late in the afternoon yesterday that the NHL and the NHL Players Association have indeed agreed not only on a plan to finish out the 20. 19-2020 season, which will award the Stanley Cup in some fashion within the next couple of months, but we are also looking at the prospect of a four-year extension to the current collective bargaining agreement, which means hockey piece in the Valley. What more could you ask for? There are a lot of nuts and bolts involved with the collective bargaining agreement. We'll talk about that in a little in a little bit. But for right now, the important thing that you need to know is that hockey is expected to begin again in a matter of a few weeks with training camp ramping up starting next Monday. According to this return to play plan, training camps will begin next Monday. Teams will be able to take no more then 30 skaters, forwards and defensemen, and an unlimited number of goalies. To that point, when the training camp starts on the 13th, teams will then travel to the respective hub cities on July 26th, which all but confirms at this point, as we've discussed before, it is likely going to be Toronto and Edmonton, in the hub that are the hub cities, Las Vegas, of course, as we've detailed last week, uh, will likely be the odd man out. 
Teams will travel to the hub cities in Canada on the 26th, and then games will start again on August 1st with the qualifying round and the round robin games. After that, who knows what happens? The games are expected to go anywhere between August 1st and I would presume sometime in October if this all goes according to plan, maybe November. Um, The NHL is planning on staggering these games to an all-day type of feel, kind of like what the NBA is doing right now with their eight-game regular season before they ramp up their playoff run as well. So it's kind of the same thing as to what's to be expected. Um, But that is where we are right now. The NHL is expected to return, barring anything that we hopefully do not get as far as any added COVID cases involving the great country of Canada. Everything should be going according to plan. And for that, I think the first thing we need to do is to give a good pat on the back, social distancing pat on the back, to Commissioner Gary Bettman and the Chief of the Players Association, Don Fair, who have worked tirelessly to not only ensure that there is a plan in place to get the ball rolling to finish out this season, but to ensure that going beyond this season, we're going to get six years of essential labor peace between the Players Association and the league, which to me... That is the win-win, and it's a win-win for both sides. One, players don't have to worry about not going to work anymore. Two, and I think this is this is something that really hasn't been talked about, we are guaranteed no impeded progress for when the Seattle franchise is uh, joining the league uh, in a couple of years, which is fantastic. And to top it all off, who wants to talk about work stoppages for – X amount of months, even the months leading up to it. Who wants to talk about it? Not me and probably not you either. So in any event, as far as the details go uh, with training camps and whatnot, the logistics of it are pretty much the same. Uh, The language says that there will be ample amounts of testing. No matter how many uh, team personnel show up, there's going to be a lot of testing done. There's going to be a lot of uh, classes to, you know, enlighten the players on what's going on, education sessions, temperature screenings, all of this, uh, potential isolation. I, I mean, everything that you've probably guessed when it comes to this sort of thing uh, is likely going to be taking into effect for phase three, which is expected to take place uh, starting next week in training camp, which means The Vegas Golden Knights will be in training camp starting Monday at City National Arena. No other, uh, no otherwise announcement has been made as far as that goes. Um, The Golden Knights are expected to be ready to go for training camp on Monday. So far as I know, uh, everyone that has been on the 23-man roster before the season's pause is in Las Vegas and is expected to show up. No uh, positive tests from the Golden Knights side have been uh, announced by the announced by the team. So that part is also good. And to that effect, I think they're just ready to play hockey. You talk to you know, a lot of people 
within the Golden Knights organization. They're just ready to get back to playing hockey. And again, whether it be a good thing or a bad thing, whether it actually is a good idea for teams to resume play, the one thing that we can agree on, at least at this moment, is that there is no better area to finish out this season than Canada, which has done a terrific job of flattening the curve as far as it goes to COVID-19. Whereas the United States has kind of went, you know what I mean? So training camp next week. Holy crap. We're, we're getting back uh, to the nitty gritty of this. You know what I mean? It's going to be, this is not going to be your traditional training camp. That's for sure. Especially since it's going to be like two weeks and then all of a sudden they fly out to the hub cities, which I'm going to guess the Western Conference will be slotted in Edmonton. So it'll likely be the what the Golden Knights playing in Edmonton while the Eastern Conference is in Toronto. Now, I know there was this whole discussion earlier, including in this uh, in these discussions as to would a team have home ice advantage playing in, in an empty arena. Connor McDavid was one of the more outspoken people that said, no, there wouldn't be a situation like that. And now that's going to, that's pretty much going to be taken up to task with the Western conference likely playing in Edmonton and the Oilers being the number five seed who will take on the 12 seeded Chicago Blackhawks in the best of five qualifying round. Uh, when the games start on August 1st, um, as for the Golden Knights, we know the situation right now. They are in the round robin format where they will be playing along with the Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, and the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues, uh, in the round robin format to determine the top four seeds for the official round of 16, heading into, well, I guess you would say the official round of 16 Stanley Cup playoffs, even though. Technically, it's a 2014 playoff field. We're playing it as if it is a 2014 playoff, but the official wording is this is not the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the Stanley Cup qualifiers, which makes no sense to me. Uh, but I wanted to kind of go a little bit as my dog is barking at something, which is which happens in every day that ends in Y. I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I wanted to break down each round robin team and kind of they're each going to present a different unique challenge for Vegas. You look at the four teams here. If you were to base it off the matchups that Vegas had endured against this year, you're likely looking at Vegas being the number three seed heading into, or the number three seed in the Western conference heading into this heading into the round of 16. I I look at it from, you know, individual standpoints. Dallas is a team where I think Vegas matches up very well with, um, especially given heading into the pause, Dallas's offense was a little bit on a decline. Sagan was doing okay, but he wasn't playing up to his standards. Jamie Benn was having a very off year. The defense of Klingberg and Haskinen, or, and really the goaltending tandem of Kudobin and Bishop, are really what leading Dallas uh, to this point. They did struggle down the stretch heavily, so they're a team that I think is definitely going to be benefit, benefiting greatly from this rest that they had. And to be fair, I think all the teams going into this 24 team format 
are benefiting greatly with this rest that they had. You're talking about teams that have lost key components to their team for so long. And you look at the other two teams in this round robin format, just to even further clarify that Colorado was without Miko Rantanen, uh, I believe since January or February. And Rantanen is obviously one of their important players. He's one of their top line players along with Landis Goggin McKinnon. You get him back. And obviously that top line of Colorado is one of the deadliest lines in the national hockey league. Same goes for St. Louis. We forget that St. Louis has played the majority of this season without Vladimir Tarasenko, and they were still the top team in the Western Conference. Like, there was no Stanley Cup hangover with the Blues. Even without Vladimir Tarasenko, one of their leaders, one of their leading scorers, you add him back on that dynamic team with David Perron having a career year with Ryan O'Reilly continuing his success that he carried over from last year with St. Louis— you have so much young and now experienced talent in St. Louis. And then, of course, Jordan Bennington being your netminder, along with Jake Allen, who's been fantastic in a backup role. You put those two together, or you put those two components together, and then you add Tarasenko into the mix. The Blues are going to be, I, I mean, right now I would say the Blues are the favorite out of the West, one, until a team knocks them out and forces forces the uh hockey lexicon to accept the fact that there will be a new champion this year. The Blues are going to be the favorite until another team says otherwise. Colorado, though, I feel like Colorado is ready to take on that next step. You get you got the impression last year when not only they took out the Flames in the first round, and not just took out the Flames, they dismantled them easily. And then to take the Sharks to a to a game seven, which again you, you know, was he offsides? Was he not? If that's not called, you know, the the complexion of the game is completely flipped, and we're looking at maybe a Colorado St. Louis Western Conference Final. Colorado is going to be one of those teams in the top eight in the West that no one wants to play, and I don't even think St. Louis would want to play them. At the end of the day, when you look at how this is going to work for any of these teams, goaltending is going to be the key. And I've always thought goaltending was going to be the key. If if your goaltending can show up at the right time in a best of five or a best of seven, you are going to be the likely favorite to go as far as you can go, which is why I think you look at it from a Golden Knights perspective – even when you're playing these three round robin teams, can you honestly say that right now there's a better goalie tandem in the Western Conference than Mark Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard? And to me, I don't think there is. Like you, if you look at the round robin teams, Bennington, you know you're, what you're getting at Bennington, and like I said, Jake Allen has been fantastic in a backup role. Are you going to see Jake Allen in a game at any point? In this playoff format, I don't think so. You look at Colorado, they're another team that could go either way with their goaltending because both of them have been so good this year. Francouz was one of their, is probably their best bet considering the year he had 923 save percentage and his GA was like 2.4, somewhere around that nature. And then Grubauer was just as good, 18 and 12. And he had like save percentage, I think it was over 915. GAA is a little high, but 
Colorado, you have the ability to flip those two however which way you want, but can you rely on them in a playoff series to win you a game? And that's going to be the biggest question. And then you look at Dallas. Uh, Anton Kudovan, I think, is going to get himself a lot of money. This offseason, the way he's played this year, whenever he's filled in for Ben Bishop, whenever he's needed a rest or whenever, you know, the, the coach at the time, whether it be Rick Bounis or Jim Montgomery, has ever felt like they needed to go that route. Kudobin has been fantastic. But you know when you get in to the playoffs, as good as Kudobin has been, you know Ben Bishop is going to anchor the net. The Golden Knights have the ability where they can go one game here, one game there. Is it a risky ideology? Absolutely. Because if one goalie plays well and the other goalie doesn't, then it's like, well, could, shouldn't you have played the one goalie that played well to rebound in game two? It's, it's a very risky situation. Very risky situation. But it's why the Golden Knights went all in at the deadline to, quote-unquote, improve their, quote-unquote, backup goaltending situation. Because Malcolm Subban was not going to play in the playoffs. Robin Leonard is a guy that you play in the playoffs. And that is going to be the biggest question mark that faces Pete DeBoer when the time comes. And even DeBoer has said it's a problem that you wish to have in this situation. You wish to have two goalies that at any given moment you can be like, okay, 1A, you can go in, 1B, you can go in tomorrow. That's the perfect situation that the Golden Knights find themselves in. Risky, but it's also perfect. Think about it, it makes sense that way. Now, as far as the forward core is concerned, we t- I touched on Tarasenko being someone who the Blues can just throw in there and you already know what you're getting from. Lest we forget, the Golden Knights went into this pause and thankful and if there was there's no silver lining when it comes to the overall COVID-19 bubble. But if you are looking at this through a hockey lens, there is no greater relief knowing that the pause came right at the time where Max Pacioretty got hurt. We don't know how Pacioretty got hurt, but he was about to go they, the Golden Knights were about to go into that game in Minnesota without Max Pacioretty. Again, no idea how he got hurt, no idea in what cost, no idea. But the Golden Knights were about to finish the rest of this season without Max Pacioretty and without Mark Stone, and likely without Alex Tuck. So we're talking about guys like Tarasenko coming back. We're talking about guys like Rantanen coming back. The Golden Knights are about to be fully 100% healthy with three very important players coming back. And, and I know that's, it seems crazy to think of it that way, but if you are looking at the Western Conference through that lens, the Golden Knights have established themselves as one of the most talented teams in the Western Conference, and it's clearly shown that with the right coaching and the right talent, you can win a Stanley Cup. I mean, if you look at last year, it was a perfect storm for the Blues. They had really good talent, but of course it had to come on the heels of a rookie goaltender running rough shot throughout the league. If the Golden Knights can get that goaltending figured out, and if their star players come to play, and if that top line 
can play the way that they have shown that they are capable of playing, it is hard for me to look at any other team in this format and say that the Golden Knights are not the best team in the Western Conference. It is really hard for me to believe that. The Blues give them trouble. Colorado gives them trouble. There's no denying that. You look at the games even this year. You look at the game against Colorado. Vegas got blown out against Colorado. You look at the game in St. Louis. Vegas played well. And I'm talking about the one game in St. Louis this year. Vegas played well enough to the point where they played well after 20 minutes. And then in the second and third period, they just got ran out of the building. Of course, the next two games in Vegas, Vegas beat St. Louis, but they were both in overtime. And one of those games, Malcolm Subban was in net. Does that change with Robin Leonard in net? Can you put Robin Leonard in net against the teams that you struggled with? You likely could. Like, I think if they wanted to, if Peter DeBoer really wanted to, I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go flurry against Dallas and then it kind of a coin flip, probably put flurry against St. Louis and maybe Leonard against Colorado. I, I think that that is how he would do it just because I think it would be wise to assess how a goaltender not named Flurry and not named Subban, and really, all things considered, a much better goaltender would do against the likes of a St. Louis, the likes of a Colorado. Because all things considered, you're likely seeing them in the second round or in the conference final, one of those teams, or if not both of them. You're likely seeing those teams in some capacity in the conference, in the conference semis or in the conference final. You at least should know what you're going to get. And again, it's not a lot. It's not a large sample, but you at least need to know what it is that you're getting. And that's why I think it's good to have the goaltending conundrum that the Golden Knights have. It's also going to be risky given the fact that there's not going to be a lot of training camp time. There's not going to be a lot of time to get warmed up. It's going to be a, you know, full on rampant, uh, you know, training camp situation that we're not used to. It, the, these guys are going to go full speed ahead just to get back into game shape for a month, month and a half hope, for the Golden Knights' sake. Hopefully, th- that will result in a deep run into the playoffs. So there's not a lot of time to figure this out. But again, looking through a hockey lens specifically, this playoff format these playoff games that we're about to see where everybody is 100 healthy it's the best situation that we as hockey watchers could have been could have could have asked for and i think that that's why you know people keep talking about oh there's gonna be an asterisk on this season no there's not there's not going to be an asterisk on this season whoever wins the stanley cup is going to be deserving of the stanley cup because their team would have been the best team and their coaching will have had the best coaching because there are no excuses. There are no injuries. There's no nothing. The teams are going into this playoff format completely 100% healthy. And if you're looking at it from the Western Conference standpoint, you can't tell me that you look at the Golden Knights and say, man, that could be the best team in the Western Conference right now. If everything clicks the way that they're supposed to, because they have the right goaltending, they have probably... With a healthy tuck, they have one of the best top nine in the league. And their fourth line, we know about the fourth line, how you can interchange it, how you can put certain players in certain situations. 
But you look at the overall production of this team and you look at the Golden Knights and say, how do they how could you not say they don't have probably one of, if not the best top nine in the NHL? And then the fourth line is as good, not even from a scoring standpoint, from but, but from an overall productivity standpoint, the fourth line is just as good. So it, it's hard for me to look at it and say that the Golden Knights aren't the favorite or one of the favorites, if not one of the top two or three in the entire 16. As far as when we get to the top 16, which teams do you think would be considered the favorites? I look Boston out of the East, St. Louis, and then I would probably throw a toss-up between uh, Tampa Bay and Vegas. Philly is right there. Philly is right there also. And then you can't throw out Washington. But I would say probably the top four right now would be Boston, St. Louis, Vegas, and Tampa. And then Philly's like right behind Tampa as far as the top teams that could be considered to win the Stanley Cup this year. So we always say you get into the playoffs, you get into the round of 16, anything can happen. And sure, anything could happen. I mean, hell, the the Montreal Canadiens could, I mean, you want to go into the whole conspiracy theory. Let's say the Penguins just lose to the Canadians and the Penguins get Lafreniere. I mean, that that's still a legit possibility. But the, but the Canadians could get into the round of 16 after knocking off Pittsburgh and they could run right back in, you know, to the playoffs and they, they would play who Boston. You imagine Montreal and Boston one more time and God forbid Boston gives uh or Montreal gives Boston a run for its money. Anything is possible. Anything is possible at this rate. Once you get in to the round of 16 and like I said, I look at it. I just think, Right now, it's hard to not think Vegas is a favorite. And I know that it sounds kind of biased since it says a Golden Knights podcast, but I, I truly believe it. I truly believe the Golden Knights are one of the best teams, not only just in the Western Conference, but I think in the league, when they are fully healthy and when they are playing as well as they can be. That 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 streak they were on when they won eight straight before the pause, you can't tell me that there was a better team than them on that night. They beat Tampa. They beat the hottest team in the league. They beat Tampa convincingly. They beat Washington. They beat St. Louis. They've beaten these teams under this new coaching staff and this goaltending switch. They got. I mean, they went into Calgary and beat Calgary. They beat, went into Edmonton and beat Edmonton. They, 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 have, they are capable of winning these games. And if they can, And if they can prove that that stretch in late February, early March was not a fluke. It's hard to think that this team isn't a favorite. Absolutely hard to think that this team is not a favorite. All right. So I think we covered pretty much everything I wanted to cover today. Uh, again, a little bit later of an upload. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more consistency as the week goes by. I think we're just going to start gearing up for next week. You know, I think, uh, you know, getting you ready for training camp and we're going to start doing more daily episodes as it pertains to training camp and, you know, kind of laying the land as to what is now expected with this new training camp. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, but we'll be on the lookout for more daily uploads as we get, as we get into, uh, as we get through training camp and as we get closer 
to the return to game action. And I think that's it's going to be good to get kind of back into that rhythm. And then whenever the Golden Knights season officially ends, we can then discuss, I mean, we can discuss the draft. We can discuss free agency. Um, there is going to be things to talk about when it comes to free agency com- going forward, especially knowing that the salary cap is going to be stuck at $81.5 million, at least for next year. So that would be a lot to talk about, especially with this team, knowing that there's a goalie situation that will need to be addressed at some point. But we'll talk about that in the future. Hopefully, either tomorrow or Thursday, uh, we'll get another episode up there to get you kind of amped up and ready to go for training camp. So that'll do it for me, guys. Thank you for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All that jazz is greatly appreciated. Uh, If you'd be so kind as to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, lets people find the podcast and lets me know how I'm doing as well. That'd be greatly appreciated. Any feedback that you guys have on the show uh, is always appreciated, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I know I'm not the best uh, podcaster in the world. I'm not the best user of the words as I could be, but I have fun doing this when the subjects are permitted, and I appreciate any listens that you give. So thank you guys for listening to today. We'll be be back tomorrow. We'll be back Thursday. We'll figure it out as we go forward. But until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and I will see you later this week in some capacity. Have a good one.